Lord's here to minister and touch us. You may be seated. We'll let our classes go back. So don't forget tonight, amen, program night tonight, 6 o'clock. And then after following that in the fellowship, we're going to make our way back in here and have communion and foot washing and prayer time. And just I'm not going to put a time on that. Just as it unfolds, amen. We don't have to stay to midnight, but if it, passes, if it goes past midnight, there's no problem with that either. Wherever the Lord leads us and guides us. But it's so good to see all of you in the house of the Lord. It's so good to see our guest. God bless each one of you for being here to join with us and worshiping the Lord and giving thanks to Him. It's good to see some that's been sick, afflicted, amen, with sickness. But you back in the house of God today. God bless you. Amen. There's some things, thank God, when it passes. You get it behind and you overcome it. You appreciate those good days a little more. Thank God for them than some, amen, that it never touched. Thank God it didn't. Amen. Somebody's got to stay healthy enough to take care of the rest of them. Amen. When they're sick and amen, and that, especially when that type of sickness. But let's still can pray for our community and around, amen, our county and state. Praise God. This sickness was not just in Mississippi, I promise you. I talked to some preachers and it was in other areas as likewise. And so, but, so let's just pray. God be with us. God help us. Amen. Got a beautiful lesson today. Amen. Anytime that we begin to talk about the, the three, three Hebrews and the fiery furnace and, and what unfolded and took place there, it's always an encouragement to the heart. Amen. Put hope in us. Man, it also puts, gives us a challenge, doesn't it? Makes us to take on the challenge. Man, we everybody faces fiery furnaces, just maybe not in the physical realm as we see in the Old Testament. But I'm here to tell you the devil's doing his best to burn you up, to destroy you, to test you, to try you. And you know what? God's going to see to it too. God's going to see, the Bible said, He tries the men's hearts and minds. Go to see what they're made of. No man knows his heart. It's wicked and vile above all things. And so unless it's tested and tried, you, you and I really don't know if we got it or not. I, I could probably, you know, go to the school system, go to all the students and say, what do y'all think about us taking, just, just quit having tests? What do y'all feel about that? I guarantee you they'd probably 100% say, hey, that's what we're talking about. No more tests, no more port cards. <laughs> Amen. We don't want no port cards. Amen. We don't want to take that home to mom and daddy. But you know what? You know what would happen in just a few years? You think we got problems today, but just in a few years without a test, Without somebody taking home port with cards and without somebody, amen, with the higher courts and positions, amen, that'll just bleed on over and say, you know what? We don't need no laws in the lands either. We don't need no laws. See, that's where a lot of people's done the church. They think the church ought not have any laws. They think the church ought not have any separation. They think when it comes to God and live with God, that's your own personal deal. But you know what? God said to Peter, wrote, said that nobody had a personal interpretation of it. Everybody's got to have the right encounter. Everybody's got to face the right test. Everybody's got to come to the wise in the road. No one's exempt. No one's set aside. No generation. Anybody and everybody's been on the face of this earth has amen had the test. If they're going to believe God or not. If they're going to trust God or not. Hey, I want to trust him today. How about you? Oh, 
Well, it could be a little slow. We may be a little short on number. That don't change God. Two or three gather in this name, and he's here. And he can do just as much. Amen. Dear, amen. He's not bound. Visit us and move among us here on this Sunday morning to do great things for us. I'm excited to be living for Jesus Christ today. I'm still persuaded this morning. And the God that we call on, the God that we serve today, called Jesus Christ. I'm still, we're not ashamed of this gospel. I'm not ashamed of what it's doing in our lives. I'm not ashamed of what it has done. And neither am I ashamed of what it's going to do. I thank God it's working on our behalf. I thank God this morning it's full of compassion and mercy and grace. Amen. This gospel, this God don't give up easy. He loves us with an everlasting love. Amen. Praise God. And you know, as we even get ready tonight, we're, we're warned by the scriptures to do what? Examine ourselves. To make sure that we take this worthily. That real worthily part, amen, is really persuaded that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. That real worthy part is when you really believe that you, you believe the plan of salvation, the repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And you've experienced that Holy Ghost. Because the only way that you and I can call him Lord, according to Paul's writing, which happens to be the disciple, amen, to the Gentiles, amen, told us we can't call him Lord without the Holy Ghost. Amen. Without that spirit setting up a throne in our hearts and leading, guiding, and directing us. That doesn't mean that we're going to be so perfected in this earthly vessel. The perfectness is in the heavenly treasure. But it's in an earthly vessel. But thank God that treasure will just let it work on our behalf through the powers of its compassion and grace and mercy. We can reach that point. We can reach that place. We're striving. Amen. 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 I want to be a part in those mansions, her rooms. Amen. Where he's going to prepare a place. Hey, I want to experience that catching away out of the grave upon this earth. I want to experience that. I believe it's going to happen. I believe the coming of the Lord is going to happen. And I know if you want to know anything about the book, it's warned us that there's going to be a generation that's going to mock that. It's going to make light of it. They're working hard. They're working overtime trying to make you and I as gods. They're trying to come up with medications and they're trying to inject things in the hearts and minds of humanity. Trying to make them, hallelujah, be superhuman and super gods and things of this nature. But I'm glad to know the real true God. He don't need oxygen. He don't need blood. He don't need no earthly things. Amen. To survive. He was here when everything else was chaos. He moved when everything else didn't have no form. He didn't need nobody to help him. He didn't need nobody to counsel him. Hey, that's what I call God. He's not dependent on anybody or anything else. Hallelujah. He makes it. He creates it. And he has the power, amen, to, to speak before it ever even happens. He can make it happen when nothing else can make it happen. When everything else is failure, this God won't fail you. Whenever the other words just come up, this book won't fail you. Sunday morning, but I just feel a little Sunday night right now. Amen. My God's alive and well. He's still on top of everything. He still rules and reigns in the kingdom of all men. There's not an individual or a nation that my God and your God cannot take down in a moment of time. Watch this. He can also raise them up in a moment of time. That's individually or as a nation. The God that we serve this morning. So we ought to get excited about him. Because it don't make any difference if he delivers us out of the fiery furnace or not. Amen. Never can ever you get this and you understand this. We're not bound to your gods. 
or neither we're going to bow to your image. Hallelujah. I've not changed my way of worshiping. I've done tasted and experienced the worship in spirit and in truth. And I'm not interested in changing not one bit of it. I'm going to allow it to change me. Praise God. Well, there's nothing like this. This Holy Ghost. You make, you know what? <laughs> Until you experience it's kind of like eating. Man, I don't never forget when dirt pudding come out. I mean, you remember that a few years ago, man. Everybody's like, yeah, I remember. I remember when it first came up at Miss Ford's several years ago. Two or three of them done tasted and all this. Say, man, it tastes like something. Tastes like something. <laughs> say, hey, brother, what tastes? Let's see what it tastes. I say, well, it tastes like an ice cream sandwich. <laughs> what an old let him taste anything with ice cream. He'd know something about it. <laughs> hey, man, that's right. I'm not an expert in ice cream. I just eat a lot of it. Amen. They saw it, but I don't care for. They want to change it. They got well now. They want it to taste like potato chips and, and all that with butterfingers and all other kind of things. You know, ice cream. You you get right down right down to ice cream. It's either vanilla, strawberry, or chocolate. When you get right down to it, amen. That's that's ice cream right there. When you get outside of that, you started adding. Oh, I'm talking to us this morning. Hallelujah. That's the same way the world's done to, to church. That's the same way the world's trying to do humanity. He don't want you to make up your mind if you're a man or a woman. He wants everybody to be a it. He wants everybody to just be a. You know, everybody be what they want to be and think of this nature. No, I tell you, God's always had lines. God's always brought out separation because he's going to have a generation and a people that's going to stand in this end time just like he did with the three Hebrew boys. Somebody's going to rise up and stand for him. I want to be a part of that number. How about you? Praise God. So, holy for a purpose. It's for a purpose. Holy for a purpose. It's, you know, when you really begin to talk about holy, amen, and boy, I'm telling you what, it's, it's, it's more important on the inside than the outside. That don't mean you throw away the outside. Amen. I've never been interested in eating out of a bowl that's dirty on the outside. I don't know how good the ice cream is. If that thing's got mud on it, and I can think of a few other things I won't mention here, smear around on it, I'm not going to eat it. Praise God. So, because you know what? The outside reflects what's on the inside. Amen. How we conduct ourselves, how we handle ourselves. Well, we're going to get on some of that just a little bit here. Because I believe there's something in the scriptures in this lesson today as we look at this. And they're, they're being called upon, amen, to be thrown into a fiery furnace. But there's, there's a, something in that scripture right there is trying to tell us something. Amen. So anyway, holy for a purpose. Amen. I, I want to I be holy for a purpose, not just for a show. I'm not here to make a holiness a God out of holiness. Amen. I want to know the God of holy. I want to know the God of holiness. Amen. The pureness of it. The, the realness of it. The soundness of it. And anchored down and settled. Hallelujah. God, I'm telling you, if there's ever been a generation that needs to get themselves established and grounded. And their minds made up. And made preparations in the heart. And made up in the heart before the trials ever come. Hallelujah. We're not going to allow ourselves to be polluted. This is what Daniel and the three Hebrews done before they ever showed up in Babylon. Before they ever drug them off as teachers. 
teenagers. Hallelujah. God to test them. Hallelujah. You know what? Come to me and I studied this and prayed over this. And it was like the Holy Ghost prompted me. Said, Bible is far worse than any universe that any of these kids has ever went to. Don't tell me you can't survive the journey. When you get your heart right and get your mind made up, your university and the professors can't change your mind. Huh? I don't care how educated they are, how full of the devil they are. I tell you, this God will sustain you and bring you through. Show you favorite places that nobody or nothing else can. I'm glad to be serving this God that's alive and well and working and bringing about things alive in our hearts today. This attitude and spirit we get sometimes, I'm just getting by. We ain't just getting by. This is a done deal, baby. It's sealed up and done. God's got it. Ain't no questions of whether I can go to heaven. Yes, we can go to heaven. Question is if I'm just gonna make the stand. If I'm just gonna walk the walk and talk the talk. If I'm just gonna live it. That's where it all comes down to. Amen. I'm not gonna let the enticements and the luring powers of this world. There's nothing out there. Only thing that's gonna mean anything is what goes on in here. What we allow to go on in us. According to the power that worketh within us. Amen. I've taught you this before. But when you and I make up our minds or an individual makes up in their mind, hey, I'm willing to die for this. Whatever it takes, I'm going to make the stand. I'm willing to shoot down whatever and cut down whatever and fight down whatever until there's no more breath left in these lungs. That's the way you and I have got to be. I'm not moving. I'm on a sure foundation. I dug down and got on a stone. I got on a rock. We're going to talk about the rock a little bit here this morning too. Amen. I'm glad to know the sure rock. I'm glad to know the chief cornerstone. I'm not confused tonight or this morning. Amen. What name to call on. And I know we're living in a time with Greek and Hebrew. And they want to come up with all these other names. But I'm telling you the Bible's told us. And if you just got to somewhere and said, you know what? I'm just going to take what that Bible's taught me. I'm going to live what that Bible has instructed me. Because if you'll do that, you see God showing up. You see God fighting your battles. He don't leave you questioning. He won't leave you always questioning whether or not he can do it. I tell you, God, we will do it. We obey his commandments and take his statutes and commandments and love them and obey him. He's going to show up in your life. Hallelujah. He's going to show up in your, your battles and in your struggles. He's going to put things inside of you and encounters with you. Hallelujah. The world can't take it. The devil can't take it. Your government can't take it. Your mama can't take it. Your daddy can't take it. Bad deals and bad relationships. Bad dealings with humanity, bad deals with the covenant, none of it can rob you of it. You got your mind made up. The lines can't eat me up. The fire can't burn me up. Not unless my God allows it. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just got to look at the enemy and look at them around. You can't eat me unless God allows it. And if he does, that's his business. Because it's not going to stop there either. You can eat me up. You can dish me out wherever you want to. But God's going to find me. And God's going to resurrect me. And I'm going to see this God. Ain't that what the message Job told us? With my eyes, I'm going to see this God. I'm going to see this Savior. Hallelujah. And the earthworms may eat this old body up. I'm going to see this God one day. I'm going to know him for myself. Praise God. So as we look at this lesson here today. Praise God. Man, I don't know where all that come from, but here it is. Daniel 3, 17 and 18. If it be so, our God whom we serve... Is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. 
And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, won't you understand this, king? And if you really paid attention to our lesson today, they started way before this day of the image. They started way before that. They had drawn some lines. They began to, uh, began to draw some lines. They began to make others, amen, the Chaldeans, the astrologers, musicians, amen, to, to come to realization that somebody has walked into Babylon, amen, is challenging us. We're not, we're not the ones that's got the answers now. We're not the one that's got all the control now. Hallelujah. I mean, we drug some young people, some children in here. Hallelujah. From the king's seed and the king's children. And we drug them to Babylon. But now all of a sudden, Babylon's being tested in the spiritual realms, in the knowledgeable realms, in the demonstrations of giving insights and understanding that it's never been challenged with before. I tell you, there's ever been a time. Hey, some of us, amen, that says, I'm the only one in my family that's got the Holy Ghost. Well, you're more than enough, amen, to persuade them. You're more than enough, amen, to testify to them. You're more enough to be a testimony of God and God's saving power. Amen. To let them know they need more than what they got. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. You know, they started way back here not worshiping his gods before the image ever showed up. <laughs> Praise God. They didn't wait on some image. They didn't wait on everybody's looking and all the crowds are looking. They had some private times at home they wasn't bowing. In fact, if you caught them bowing, they was bowing unto the true God. They had traditions, amen, and their windows pitched in toward Jerusalem. It wasn't toward, amen, Babylon's gods. They didn't, you couldn't find in their homes altars unto Babylon's gods. You couldn't find, amen, things that creeped into their houses. They might have been in Babylon, but they didn't let Babylon in their house. Hallelujah, if there's ever been a time in a generation of Christians and we that call ourselves Christians, we need to rise up and make up in our own minds and hearts and spirits. Hallelujah, I'm in a world, but the world's not in me. Hallelujah, it's not dictating and controlling my life. I got something greater than that. It's the Holy Ghost and fire that's burning on the inside. Hallelujah, and I tell you, the world and the enticement of the world, it's not going to wrap me up and bind me up. love for this truth. I have a love for God and for the ways of God. Living for God and the ways of God is not bondage. That devil will tell you that and the world will tell you that. Because they want to think because you don't have all this so-called what they call liberty. Amen. To walk any old way, go any old place. <laughs> Show up at church when you want to. Call on Jesus when you have flat tires. You ain't talk to him in six months until you get a flat tire. Then you wonder, you know, you can't be that way. No, you can't treat. God wants to have a personal relationship with us. God wants to walk with us daily. 
And there's never been a day that God's not willing to walk with us. It doesn't matter what we're being tested by. It doesn't matter what geographical location we're facing. It doesn't matter how many devils or how big the devil is. God's willing to show up. God's willing to walk there with us. He just needs somebody to be an earthen vessel and saying, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to take on the stripes and the beatings. I heard Bishop Oldham say this. Never heard him say this before. He told us, amen, in one of the lessons here just recently. Hallelujah. He said, it's time to get the Holy Ghost out. It's time to get the Holy Ghost out and get it all dirty. Hallelujah. You know what he was basically saying? It's time to use the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You know, if you ever got one of them little gifts, you know, you put it up and you didn't use it. Boy, it's just so shiny. Sitting up there on the shelf. But it don't, you know, and we understand that to a certain degree. But, buddy, if you're getting big enough mind, hey, man, you need a knife, and all of a sudden, you can forget all about all that, aren't you? You're going to reach up and get a hold of that thing. Hey, man, a few times I started reaching back out there to get my gun that Daddy bought me. Hey, man, because, man, when you touch the trigger of it, if that thing was in about 40 steps, you didn't have to worry about it if you had the bead on it. Amen. He wasn't leaving there. When you put about 10 or 12 of them buckshot right in here somewhere, I don't care how big he is, he's not going anywhere. My brother reminded us the other night. Some of them couldn't believe it. He began to talk about that gun. He said, hey, he said, I'll never forget. He said, I don't know anybody's ever shot a deer as far as you shot one and got it. I stand on one side of Black Creek in one bend. The deer is the last day of the season. It's the last drive of the season and the last opportunity. Amen. So I'm standing on one side of Black Creek at one bend. The deer's crossing the creek and on the other side of the other upper bend. The creek's up. And whenever he touches that bank, he does that right there. I take that shotgun put it about that far above him. Damn. Well, my brother standing just for me coming. Hey, gosh, I don't know. I said, I said, I shot him. I said, no, man. Anyway, we went over and found a thing, got it there. But that time, Daddy come driving up in the boat. And he said, son, where was you at? I said, I was over on that, that old big leaf, that bay tree right under. I said, I was standing under. He said, son, there ain't no way you're standing under that tree. There ain't no way. You, you, you couldn't be standing that tree. You got to be. You got. Finally, Uncle Willifrax come driving up in the boat. Hey, man, he said, Lenton, leave the boy alone. His holes is floating there in that eddy right now. He said, oh, I'd love to know just how far that is. I'm telling you, you got you, you to be willing to step out with this God. You can't go by your own sight and your own feelings, honey. I'm preaching to you this morning. you got to get out of that realm. It don't don't matter if it feels good or bad. If God's in it, you just let it work out. You don't have to worry about the feelings. You just got to worry about pleasing God. I tell you, we live in a world that's saturated with trying to please this old flesh and live for God the same time. You're not going to do that. Praise God. So you and I have just got to get our minds made up. Truth about God empowers us to live a holy life for a purpose. For a purpose. But man, I hope we can get this today. Could it be that if we're not careful, even as one God believing people, we put too much emphasis on the holiness? It's some kind of appearance, some kind of show. Because real holiness starts in here. <laughs> so if you ain't got the heart right, man, you can dot all the T's. And, and, and dot all the T's. You can dot all the I's. Well, you can dot them T's too. You can cross all the T's and dot all the I's. Hallelujah. But the heart. But the heart. Because the courage is in the heart. The strength is in the heart. Anybody ever heard, heard anybody say something? Boy, they got the heart. You know what they're saying? They ought to done quit. They ought to done throw it in the towel. They ought to done backslid. But they got the heart. They're staying in it. They won't give it up. They'll keep pressing on. They won't back up. I'll tell you, if you've ever been 
life. Did you, could it be that the church needs a heart transplant? The church needs a heart transplant. And in 2024, amen, to have the courage and the backbone to fight this fight, to finish this course, and face the fiery trials that's coming our way. And do it without mumbling and complaining. Do it in a manner, a way I'm willing. I'm going to, I'm, you know what amazes me? We're going to get into some of this. But Nebuchadnezzar got the strongest and mightiest men here. You know what? He didn't have to do that. He could have got the weakest soldiers he got. And went over those three Hebrews men. We're not running. We're willing to face that fiery furnace. We're serving a God that can deliver us. But if not... He don't choose us to. That's fine. That's his business. He's our God. That's where you and I've got to get. It doesn't matter what your bank account is. Your bank account don't determine your God. Oh, hallelujah. What really determines God? I'm going to love him. I'm going to keep his commandments. I'm going to walk in his statutes. Hallelujah. I'm going to keep them. Amen. At whatever cost. It doesn't matter what mama's doing. It don't matter what daddy's doing. It doesn't matter what the husband's doing. It doesn't matter what the wife's doing. Hallelujah. Here's what you got. I know it helps to have your spouse living for God. Don't misunderstand me here. But I'm going to tell you something. God's greater than your spouse. If you've got to have a spouse to live for God, then you're telling God he's not big enough. If you've got to have a certain one and you've got to have a certain crowd and a certain number, honey, you're in trouble. You've got to get it made up in your mind. God, you and you and I is more than enough. Hallelujah. To win this battle and overcome these things. It doesn't matter if anybody else shows up or not. It doesn't matter if anybody's on my high behind or not. God doesn't mean I know I'm where I ought to be doing this. And I know you're going to bring me out. Man, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but praise God. Truth for my life. I will pursue God's holiness to fulfill God's purpose. This is a God purpose thing. Holiness, godliness in an ungodly world. In a world that we're living in today, can I say this? And I'm not beating up nobody. But we're living in a world today that thinks they're godly. And they're so ungodly they don't even realize it. They don't realize it. Because they got way too many that's standing in the pulpits across this nation that's ungodly. And Jesus got it right. When the blind's leading the blind, they're both going to fall in the ditch. You can't expect a man to get godly congregations and godly followers when you refuse to be godly yourself. When you're accepting and living lifestyles that pollutes our minds and pollutes our heart. And when we're just as worldly or more worldly than they are. When we find ourselves having concubines. When we find ourselves, amen, addicted to drugs and alcohol. When we find ourselves, amen, undone. That we don't even know the plan of salvation. We're going to call ourselves a leader and we can't even give somebody the plan of salvation. We can't preach them the message that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. That the one whenever they ask what shall we do? Hallelujah. This is what you ought to do. Repent and be baptized every one of you. Not some of you. Not part of you. Not 12 of you. Every one of you. Hallelujah. Thank God we've been baptized in the name of Jesus. We know what it'll do for us. It'll liberate us and deliver us and give us strength when we couldn't do it on our own and nobody else could do it. When Jesus showed up, he did it. So as we look at this, I want to look at one particular part before we ever go into the latter part of this. 
And I really want to focus on this for just a few minutes. Amen. You go back to Daniel's 1 and 8. Now understand. Now this had been prophesied, Jeremiah. Daniel actually later on in this letter talks about what he read from the books of Jeremiah. Talking about the 70 years. So we understand. Now Daniel and the three Hebrews. They weren't just the, the run of the mill boys. They wouldn't, please don't be offensive when I'm fixing to say, but you know, they, they were special. They had abilities to, to have understanding and insights. And they had the ability to learn quick, pick it up quickly. Some of these teachers could tell you, there's some students you could tell them one time and they got it. It'll take them long to class, they can start teaching the students. That's gifted. I know parents and grandparents want to take the credit. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to take the credit. Mine comes out of genius. It's going to be a God thing. You can believe that. Hallelujah. And I, I'm going to give him the glory for it. And I sure hope they do it. And I hope they use it for God too and for the kingdom of God. Not for the world. Not for money or nothing else. But they will use it for God and for the call of God and the election of God. Amen. Because there's nothing more beautiful than the gifts. All good gifts come from above. But anyway, as we look at this, we know that, that they're going to be a part and a host. As we look into the scriptures here for just a minute. And Lord help me, I won't let my time. Hopefully I won't. But let's look into what the Bible says about them in this first chapter. Because I'm going to tell you something. It really sets the stage of what's going to unfold and what's going to take place here. As you look into this first chapter, as they go into, uh, into Jerusalem, they're going to take out of Jerusalem. And now the king has instructed, amen, amen, this eunuch, amen, to, this overseer, amen, to go in and choose special kids. That's without blemish. That's without spots. That's going to be, that has an understanding of science. I mean, some of their top notch. It don't take long around them. Kind of like Jesus walking into the tabernacle at 12 years of age. It didn't take those cats long to realize, hmm, this is not a normal 12-year-old. That's like when 12 and 13-year-olds come walking in a college room. Everybody else goes, how'd you get here? Mama brought me. No, no, how did you really get here? <laughs> They done passed all the high schools and everything else. Now, I'm not sure if everybody wants to be there. Everybody can't. <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> we'll go talk in the good side of this. Anyway, he talks to them. This is the one that was the master of the eunuchs. It's, and he says, the children to whom was no blemish, but well favored, skillful in all wisdom, cunning in knowledge. Understanding science, such as had an ability in them to stand in the king's palace. So their, their qualifications met a real high standard. Can I say a little something right there? It's amazing to me how people want to think when we come before God and we'll live for God. That God ought not expect some of these same things. I'm not talking about at the original first coming. We could come as whoever we are and however we might be. Lost and undone. Blemishes, spots and wrinkles. But after we show up. And after we start hearing God and the word of God. And 
been in the presence of the king. But some changes ought to begin to take place. Some passions and some arrangements and some calendars and, and, and attributes and, and who we are and what we are as a vessel of God now. Our passions and affections changes. Our hunger and thirst for the things, amen, changes. Because now we come into the presence of one. And so here, watch this, in the presence of king, anybody couldn't come into the presence of a king. They had to meet certain qualifications. And so he was instructed to do that. If you go to the fifth verse, you're going to see the point. The king had appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank. So nourishing them for what? Watch this, three years. This is, this is his responsibility. You're going to be over these that you bring them from Jerusalem. They was never carried to the king prior. But now he had provided for them meats and wine and the best that could be offered to fleshly individuals. To mold them and shape them. Amen. They're going to go through special classes and things of this nature. But watch Daniel 1 and 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart... That he would not defile himself. How can you defile yourself Daniel? <laughs> with the portion of the king's meat. Nor with the wine which he drank. I want to defile myself. I'm not going to participate in that. Before it ever got started now. Now folks. I don't know how accurate some of this as far as his age is. But we know that he come under the, the heading of children. Pretty sure that no doubt probably early. If, if in teens. Maybe not even a teenager at this time. When you get over to the, about the 6th or 7th chapter of Daniel. The scholars say that Daniel somewhere between 80 and 90 here. So now we realize that Daniel from Daniel 1. To over to Daniel 6 and 7. Amen. That there is a possibly 70 or thereabout years that have been come to pass. And he's purposing at a very early age. Don't underestimate what God may put into the hearts of your little children at an early age. Don't play it off. If they begin to say something like, man, I want to be a preacher. I want to be a prayer warrior. I want to be a singer. If they, they play in church and they dance and shouting and doing hey, hey, don't, 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 don't just downplay it. Let them get caught up in it. You just never know what may happen in the spiritual realms. And God's hand moving. God works in mysterious ways. God pulls individuals out of no places. God can pull people out of families that don't know nothing. Amen, God. This is a God thing. Sometimes God has to do that so flesh won't get the glory. Sometimes God has to perform in those manner and way. And so as we watch this, they had come to this conclusion that they're not going to do it. And the prince, and he begins to work with him. Now watch the ninth verse. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. God done this. They might have been in Babylon. But God's showing him favor already. 
Amen. With who, the one that's over them. The one that's going to make the decisions. The prince of the eunuch said unto Daniel. I fear my lord the king. Who hath appointed your meats and your drink. For why should he see your face. Amen. Worse likened than the children. Which are of your sort. Then shall he make me endanger my head to the kingdom. Watch this. Daniel says unto Melzar. Whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over. Daniel. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now this is their, their Hebrew names. Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days. Watch Daniel. Give me ten days. See, we believe our God. We believe that he can work on our behalf at something as small as this. Because we're already drawing some lines. Some people say a line ain't a whole big deal about a line. That line can prove you in or out. Standards put you in or out. Standards is going to make all the difference or in or out. I, I, I mean, it ain't rules and regulations. It's more to it than that. It's a love. It's a passion. It's something about it. <laughs> How many of you glad you got lines out here on 57? How many thankful for them little bumps that's on the side over there? Got a white line over there. How many of you like them reflectors? Say, man, at nighttime it shows up, man, that light, that road just kind of just. You know what God's trying to do when he's put standards down for his church? So that we can reflect like them, like them reflectors on that highway out there. Because there's a world that's on a highway of darkness. That's lost and undone. And they need somebody reflecting the true light of God. They need somebody has got the head on right. They need somebody has got the heart right. They need somebody has got the right spirit and the right attitude. Amen. Amen. It's not just of any spirit. Amen. But it's got the spirit. Amen. That whatever can move upon them and counsel them and operate through them. Showing love and compassion. When nobody else wants to show love and compassion. Passion. Show some endurance, amen, that you know what? God can do this. I don't give up on none of you. I pray God's redeeming. I didn't give up on them. It's backslid. I prayed for the backsliders, amen. God, get hold of their hearts. Wake them up. Stir them up. God, you love them with everlasting love. You help us. No, I'm not knocking on their doors every day, and I don't text them every day, and I don't do And every time I see them, I don't just jump on them because they're not in church. But I know God's working in a man in a way that only he can work them. And he may work in people, amen, and I, I may not ever say nothing to them. Uh oh, boy, I stepped into something right there. I mean, I can never say nothing, text them, or do anything to stir them around, but God can stir up somebody out of nowhere. Somebody they never expected all of a sudden walks up. What are you doing here? What's going on in your life? You know where you ought to be. See, God knows what vessel to send if they receive it. Now, if God moves on me, I want to do it. Let me well, I'm, I'm trying not to jump them rabbits. As you look back at this and go back to that eighth verse, let me, let, me, let me touch this a little bit. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. I'm going to give you a few scriptures real quickly here. Ruth 1, 17 and 18. When thou diest, will I die? Where thou diest, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me. And more also, if all but death. Part then watch Ruth with Naomi. She knew about that those statements. Hallelujah. No need to say anything else to Ruth. She's going. She's got her mind. It's in her heart, and nothing's going to change her. Right there, she made the statement I'm going to be buried where you're going to be buried. Your God's going to be my God. 
I've heard enough. I got something pulled at me. Hallelujah. And I'm going. Hallelujah. You, I know I, you can't promise me a son. You can't promise me land. You can't promise me anything. But I know there is a God that you're serving and a God that you're representing. Hallelujah. And this is a God I want to know. Because you know why? Because God's got a Boaz. Hallelujah. He's always got a Boaz for us. He's always got an answer. It may not be in the field you think it ought to be in. But I'm telling you what. If you'll just let God lead you, he'll put you in the right field. He'll put you in the right encounters. He'll lead the right one to us. God's never failed a hungry heart. God's never failed a hungry soul. God's never let the righteous, those that hunger and thirst at the righteous, not be filled. God will do whatever it takes to fill up a hungry heart for righteousness. You can go to Acts. You can see Barnabas as he went to the church as he was sent out as they began to receive the word of God. Made as far as way as the Antioch in Acts 11 and 23. Who then came and seeing the grace of God was glad and exhorted them. That with purpose of heart they should cleave unto the Lord. You and I have got to make up in our minds this morning. Nothing or nobody is going to cause me to backslide. I want to go, can I go another step? If you believe you're in the right geographical location in the kingdom of God where you're at this morning, I'd make up in my mind, heart, and spirit that nobody in this house or coming to this house going to drive me off. I'm here. God, if you want me here, I'm here. I'm not going any other place. It doesn't matter who offends me. It doesn't matter what somebody says. I'm in it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because this is, the, this, is the, this is where God can use me. Amen. The best is where he plants me. It's not where I plant myself. It's where God fitly joins us together. God knows how to fitly join a man when others don't think so. I've heard people, well, they, we just got different chemistries and we just got different spirits and we just got different. I'm going to tell you what, God can bring all that together, honey. When you get your mind made up and your heart made up and know it's a God thing. That's the reason God said what God put together, let no man put asunder. Well, buddy, you pulling it? No, no, I'm not. Whatever God's put together, that's local assemblies, that's pastorship, hallelujah, and that's everything else under the kingdom of God and under the mighty hand of God. Where God puts us is where we ought to be. Where God plants us, that's where we need to stay. Now, when God gets ready for us to move, I don't have to just pluck me up, throw me out. I want to be able to hear his voice say, okay, God, you're done with me. I'm ready to go where you want me to go. Because God ain't going to pluck me up without already giving me somewhere else to go. Oh, I'm in the Holy Ghost this morning. Hallelujah. This idea that people just walk out and ain't got a clue where they go. They ain't got no business leaving. Well, I don't know where that goes. Let's stay with the lesson. Stay with the lesson. Praise God. I'm going to have to bypass some of this. Amen. Dealing with the heart. Amen. But with heart. The heart's got to be purpose. Purpose of the heart. It's got to be established. It's got to be grounded. It's got to be settled. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 7, 37, nevertheless, he that standeth steadfast in his heart. Amen. And another place it says, in the Lord part of that same verse, it says, hath so decreed in his heart. Amen. You know what he's talking about? Go back and read the whole concept of that. Amen. It's talking about marriage and remarriage. It's talking about uh, getting married and things. And he actually recommended, you know, if you don't have a wife, don't get a wife. If you got one, don't try to leave one. Whew, husband and all that, okay? But you know what he said? But he that purpose in his heart, I'm not going to get married. 
He, gave, he gives a reason for that. I got in trouble for this. But Paul taught it. I didn't. <laughs> Paul said it's better not to get married. Y'all don't believe that? Go to 1 Corinthians 7th chapter and read the Bible. Read that whole chapter. God will, Paul will tell you that he feels like he's got the mind of Christ. And he encouraged, he said, you know, if you, if you can handle it. If you, if you purpose that in your heart. And here's the reason why. Because if you get married, you got a wife and you got to deal with trying to please her and worldly things and things of that nature. Same way with the wife. She's got a husband. She's got to try to please that husband too. Those are things that will distract you from the kingdom of God. He explains every bit of that. Some of y'all looking at me like you're trying to look a hole through me. It's still in the book. I'm just preaching the book. You can shoot the mailman, but the, you know, the letter's still here. You can tear this book up and all the Bibles in, in the United States, but it's still forever settled in the heavens. We're not going to be exempt from it. I'm not encouraging nobody not to get married. No, get married. Amen. Just make sure you're good. Ladies, you know, find you a man, you're men. Amen. Find you a lady. If you're confused about that, the best thing you do is don't get married. Because you're double messed up. But anyway, I, I, I got to hurry. I, I could take you to Leviticus. I won't do it. Amen. But there it talked about the, between the clean and unclean. Deuteronomy 32. Man, would I love to teach, preach on that one for a little while. When you go to Deuteronomy 32nd chapter, there's a lot in that chapter. Moses writing, warning the Israelites of what's going to fall and what's going to happen and take place. He shall say, where there are gods, there are rock, in whom they trusted. I mentioned the rock earlier. If you go back and read about that, you're going to see where God sent them out. And God allowed those, the enemy that rose up against them. And and they, and they reached a point in place because they gave themselves over to flesh. And they gave themselves over. Listen to the two verses I got here. The 38th verse. Which did eat the fat of their sacrifices and drink the wine of their drink offerings. Let them rise up and help you and be your protection. What the Lord's telling them. Amen. Because they gave themselves over. And I'm going to tell you. Can I just be honest? Amen. We're living in a generation that's full of. It's all about eating. I mean we're almost consumed by it. Going out to eat, going here to eat, going there to eat. Where are we going to eat? I mean, you know. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel now. Come on now, he's just a lad. He's just a kid. It's like putting chocolate out before him. He says, not me. I'm not going to defile myself. I'm purposing some things now. I hear this. I hear this from the older generation. Some of them not quite as old as I am, but they're saying this. Well, if I'd known I was going to live this long, I took better care of myself. I got where I'm telling them all the time now. Went up the feed store the other day, and these two little young guys is up there, and I, I got some stuff anyway. They got two sacks on the shoulder. Told them I to throw them on the truck. I said, "Hey." How long y'all plan on using them knees and backs? Probably a good 70 years. <laughs> I said, I'd take care of them. They kind of laughed. said, you know what? Somebody told us that a little earlier. <laughs> May y'all pay attention. You plan on using this body for, you know, you plan on living to be 90. Well, it pays off to start early taking care of it. You can't jump off of houses and do crazy stuff and be a stunt man. Amen. And do crazy stuff and expect to live to be 90 and no pains and aches. And you may live to 90, but <laughs> it's going to be a tough road. I, I, I tell you, I, I'm trying to help us. Hallelujah. Same way with a lot of this other stuff. This body belongs to God. We ought to take care of it. 
This idea that some may think that you can just survive off of three or four hours of sleep because you want to run from Dan to Bathsheba. Now, if you're doing God's business, that's one thing. But it's just because you want to hunt and fish and shop and do your other things. Amen. That's a different ball game. Amen. This body. Amen. So could it be that even Daniel here is trying to help us? I'm not going to participate in that because I don't come defiled. I wonder if we all change our eating habits just a little bit. Well, I don't know why I got on this right here at Christmas time. Boy, that's something, isn't it? Hallelujah. Praise God. This will help us a new year coming. But if we change some of our eating habits, amen, could it maybe help us in some of these other areas that we have in so many struggles? But hey, I love sweets as much as anybody. I mean, come on. I'd rather eat ice cream. I can eat it when I wake up in the morning time. I can eat it at noonday. I can eat it before I go to bed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you know what? I don't do that. I could eat it. Amen. A half a gallon here and a gallon there. Praise God. But you know what? If I keep doing that, hallelujah. You know what? It's not going to show up. When it starts showing up, I'm being in trouble. That's the same way spiritual. That's the reason you just can't take the word of God, what you feel good with, and what you think's okay with you, and you're just going to push away everything. No, there's some word of God in here. Sometimes you got to chew on it, buddy. You got to be like that old cow, buddy. You got to chew on it a while. Man, I better, in fact, you better chew it up. The more you chew it up before you swallow it, the better it'll die. Yet. You'll just quit. Ha, ha, ha. Come on, I'm trying to help you today. Hallelujah. You can't just take the word of God and just, well, I'm just going to gulp it down. Just give me a little bit. Oh, oh that's good enough. It's going to get me through the week. No, hallelujah. You've got to get the word of God to chew it up. You let it got to get on the inside of you. Amen. And you got to say, you know what? This word's going to keep me. This word's going to bring me through. This word's going to put a joy in me, put a smile on my face, put a victory in my walk. Hallelujah. Money can't buy it. Positions can't do it. Hallelujah. Only God and His word as He walks with us and guides us in this old world that we're living in. There's ever been a time of we're going to face the fiery furnaces. We've got to get our minds and our hearts made up. Hallelujah. I've got to get something on the inside of me that will hold me. i got a bunch of scriptures here I could have used about that. I'm going to move from it. Amen. I'd love to, but I just won't have the time. I could have went to Ezekiel. I could have went back to Acts, Peter. Hey, this, this food business is a lot more. It slipped its way into the New Testament. It slipped its way into Paul's writings. Amen. The idols and not to eat and things of this nature. Now, he told us we can bless and eat whatever we wanted to. But there's sometimes some consequences with that. Sometimes these old bodies get where you can't just eat what you want to eat. <laughs> Don't work it all off as well and, and things of that nature. And so, <laughs> so, so the point I'm trying to make here. Daniel and the three Hebrews, you go back and read the whole chapter. They were involved in this. All right? And so now when we get to the third chapter, you know the second chapter is the image. Now we get to the third chapter. He's going to begin. I'm just going to move on to that because I don't have enough time to go into the rest of it. So I'm just going to, let's just move on from that. So now when you go to Daniel, the third chapter, you begin to look at some things that begin to unfold in this third chapter. Amen. The image was made, and there's, there's a decree that's went out, which is an order. He's going to get everybody. and I mean, he calls everybody in. Come on, you've got to understand this is a kingdom of that day and time. It was a kingdom of all kingdoms. And man, he's calling in the sheriff. He's calling in anybody that's somebody and everybody is coming in. He's going to see this image. And the writer of the lesson even makes light of the image because it is a little odd. It's 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. It's a little out of, you know, kind of pole deal. Amen. Now, we don't know if he tried to follow the image that he's seen in the second chapter. And I don't really know how much time he's elapsed from the second chapter to the third chapter. But here we are. Amen. He's made this image. And now watch this. He made it only of gold. And so this image he's made out of gold. Now, some, some commentaries and things talk about there was a platform that was set on to help elevate it. Amen. To help explain this nine foot wide, 90 foot tall. Now, you can read all that into it, whatever. Anyway, it was still an image but he, that, that he had to 
fashioned, that he had formed, that he had designed, amen, and he wanted everybody to come. Now, what's the next thing that's very important that takes a part in this worship? When you hear music. Even the writer talks about it in one place. He says all kind of music. And so we got the, the, the flute, the string instruments, the horns, and all these different types of music. And Because remember, he's got these folks coming from all different walks and types and styles and whoever. So this music, amen, is going to, you know, I guess try to blend in and play in to help create an atmosphere, amen, creating a setting, amen, for worship. But when you hear this music, everybody's supposed to bow down. Everybody's supposed to submit and yield. And now I don't know. The Bible don't give me a number how many was there, but there's a strong possibility there was a great multitude that had showed up because they was they was decreed and was they was ordered to show up. They didn't have a choice. <laughs> what would he do? Well, I'm gonna tell you something. That fiery furnace it wasn't built that day. The fiery furnace had been around a while. Somebody had already been thrown into that fiery furnace a few times. Okay, so so they knew the results of what happens out of the fiery furnace. So they all showed up. Now, if you go and watch this, who brings it to the king's attention, amen, that these three Hebrews, three out of this multitude, three, even of their own people, and I don't know how many again, good possibility, hundreds and maybe even thousands of Jerusalem had come out of Jerusalem with them, Hebrews, that was there, that was bowing and submitting and yielding to this image and, and giving worship to it. Only three that didn't bow. Man, they want to get into the discussion where Daniel was at. Can, can I give you what I felt the whole Lord give me on this? Everybody's wanting to say, and I don't know. I don't know if he's off somewhere taking care of business. I don't know what he was doing. But could it be that the reason Daniel wasn't there is because now the crossroad had come to the three Hebrews without the presence or the assistance of Daniel? You see, everybody, and no one's exempt. All of us is going to face a fiery trial. And we're going to be tempted and tried what we're going to bow and yield ourselves to. And the pastor can't always be there. And the mama can't always be there. And the best friend can't always be there. Because God has arranged it. It's your time now. What you going to do? You don't have time to pray about it. You don't have time to discuss it. You just may, because probably they thought them three, surely they won't even realize us. I mean, we're among thousands of people. Surely the king won't realize that we didn't bow. And he didn't. The king didn't know anything about it. You know what the problem is? There's always some tattlers. Amen. You know what? <laughs> I treat you got to be careful what you're doing on that computer. <laughs> you may be in a room by yourself and you may be thinking nobody's looking. But I promise you the Bible says it's going to be shouted from the housetop. So the test really is upped. Could it be that God says we're fixing to show them. These old three Hebrew boys has got it in them. Just like Daniel. They got it in them. And so they didn't bow. It was the Chaldeans, a man, that went running to the king. The same Chaldeans that didn't like it in Acts, the, the Daniel's the first chapter. 
whenever Daniel come in with the interpretation and, and the dream and all that was unfolded and took place. If you go back and look at it, these Chaldeans out of jealousy or envy or strife. But let me ask you something. How else does the devil work? That's where he said, you and I have got to be careful. Sometimes these fiery trials may not be, may not be a, a big fiery furnace. It could be just a small flicker of a spirit. Because something didn't go the way we wanted it to, or the way we thought it should have, or something of that nature. And if we're not careful, we, put to, we begin to nurse that thing, and begin to feed it, and begin to first use the thing. That thing become a fire that's out of control. What I mean out of control is that you can't control it. It's a voice that's in you now. It's a hurt that becomes, that gets a hold of you. And it can drive you in places and, and areas that you'd never dreamed you'd show up at. But because you didn't deal with it when it was just a flicker. When it was just as small as a match. There's been some awful large fires. Burnt multitudes of homes and killed lives. That started just with a match. That's amazing how that just in the right moment could have put it out there and saved billions of dollars and lives. It works the same way in the spiritual realms. It may take a week, it may take a month, it may take ten years. But if the fire's not put out, if it's not dealt with the way God wants it dealt with, you'll see the day when it'll burn out of control. It'll control you instead of you controlling it. And there'll be times you'll look at yourself. I don't understand that. Why am I doing this? Why am I saying that? What's, what's wrong? That's the reason you and I have got to make up in our minds, our hearts. It's got to be a heart thing. I'm not going to give my heart over to envy or strife or bitterness or jealousy. Or the root, watch this one, or the root of bitterness. Because through the root, the root now, it don't have to be a full-blown tree. Just the root of bitterness has access of all those other foul spirits. And I'll tell you, that's where you and I have to really wake up and say, hey, I got I to gotta start resisting. I got to fight. I got to get this under the blood. I've got to, I got to deal with this. Because if I don't, one day it's going to govern me. It's going to rule me. I won't have the strength I need to overcome that. I won't, I won't be able to stand. And, and, and here's a good way to find out if, if I'm really believing the message or not. Because we'll start compromising. We'll start just being to say, you know, really, that, that's not that important. And a lot of times it starts with standards and tithing and offerings and things like this. Boy, it's done got. <laughs> but that's, you could, that's true signs of saying, hey, there's something wrong on the inside I got to deal with. Because now I'm questioning what I've always been taught. I'm second guessing. What I've always been taught. What I know is in that book for myself. Come on, we know what's in this book. 
just because they was being carried to Babylon didn't change a man who they were on the inside. They changed their names. They changed their wardrobe. They done everything they could possibly do to change these boys. But they wouldn't change. They wouldn't bow. They wouldn't submit. The world and the devil and the so-called church world, amen, is doing everything it can change. This one God, apostolic church, amen, to compromise. And, and if we're not careful, we're going to let technology get some strongholds in us. Hallelujah. Word couldn't do it 50 years ago. Because have some avenues and shoot some fiery darts. I'm not trying to be ugly here. But if we're not careful what we have in this generation. With technology, with toys. And you can't put enough. You, you're not going to be able to put enough whatever these different things to stop it. That's the reason, and here's how Brother Booker, I mean, you remember what Brother Booker, in his book he says, you got to be circumcised in the heart. It's a heart thing. This whole message about being holy and God's purpose is about a heart thing. It's a heart thing. It's, it's not about the numbers. It's not who's agreeing or disagreeing. You know when you could tell somebody when they know they're right? They don't get all beside themselves. Those three Hebrews didn't holler back in between just screamed at them. Ah, you dumb idiot. You ain't got a clue what you're doing. But sometimes when you know you're right, and you know you're right, Because when you're right in the book, you're right, regardless of what anybody, anybody else is saying. Now, if you read the latter part of your lesson, he, he, he done a good job. Because he's talked about witnessing. Did you know that holiness is about witnessing? That's what it's about. Be an example to the rest of the world. Of a way, of a lifestyle. That's godly. That's holy. That's acceptable to God. We, we're not looking for be, being accepted by the world. We're not even looking to be accepted by the religious world. Well, I could, I could really. <laughs> if they hadn't got the plan of salvation, if they don't have the Holy Ghost, if they, they're, they're lost sinners. I don't need their approval. I don't need their check by my name. I'm not, I'm not trying to be harsh here. But folks, Hebrews, Hebrews 4 12, without wholeness and peace with all, we're not going to see God. The wholeness we're talking about this morning is it's not just a wardrobe. It can't be just shoved out the window. But at the same time, just having it won't save me. It's got to be a wholeness that puts something inside of me. That when I'm facing that fiery furnace... Nebuchadnezzar, you believe one thing. Our God's going to deliver us out of your hands. I don't know it's, you know, I don't know if he's going to deliver us from this fiery furnace or not. But he's going to do. But there's one thing for sure. We're not bound down to your image. And we're not worshiping your gods. You know what? I don't believe they stood up that day. And I know maybe I'm just, this is my opinion, okay? I don't believe they stood up that day in front of all that crowd. 
can have the wrong attitude about holiness and do more harm than not living holy. Man, <laughs> help me, Holy Ghost. I'm digging a hole here. <laughs> but it's the truth. True holiness, true godliness. Amen. Watch this. How many of you believe that, that the Apostle Peter was a hothead? How many of you believe by the raising of your hand believe that Peter was a hothead? I'm going to make y'all confess here now. <laughs> How many of you believe that Paul was a hothead? Don't be hesitant about raising your hand. We, that's in the book. Man, Peter cut Peter would cut your head off. He might have been a fisherman, but he wasn't afraid to use a sword. He's got proof, man. He's got an ear laying on the floor, out on the ground. I mean, he's got proof what he'll do. <laughs> and you know what Paul's done. Both men and women, son, he had them. But when they were converted, look at their lifestyle. See, there's true holiness. God's going to deliver them. God's going to do it. God's going to step in. And it made Nebuchadnezzar mad. He got fierce. Keyed up that furnace seven times harder. <laughs> Take them mighty men. Now watch this. This is the verse. I won't read it all, but watch this. The scripture brings it out that they took them in their garments. Their hoses, which is, they'll do a study as trousers and the coats they were in. They didn't give them no time and no opportunity to change nothing. The rapture church is going to take so quick, buddy. You ain't going to have time to do no changing. I believe that scripture saying a whole lot more than what anybody wants to say. When it talks about they threw them in there just like they were. They didn't take no hat off. They didn't get to take a coat off. They didn't get to change nothing. You fix and get burned up just like you are. So they bound them and throwed them in. Now the scripture says that the fire was so, so heated up and so intense that it slew the men that threw him in. His mighty warriors. Nebuchadnezzar's looking down a distance, probably some high on his throne, you know. And in no time, he calls to the council and says, Hey, hey, did we put just three in? said, but there's a fourth one. And I don't know what image he saw to give it the credit to be the son of God. But if you read a little further on, he gives the credit to being an angel. Because watch this. If it had been such an image that he thought it was another man, he'd have called him out of the fiery furnace as he did the three Hebrews. He didn't call him out. He just called the three. Called him, come up, come out of there. You know what they should have done? No, buddy, you come down here with us. <laughs> no. They come up out of that furnace. 
And now watch this. The Bible says they wouldn't on their clothing. No smell of fire. If garbage don't mean nothing, why didn't God let them just burn off of them? He kept them, buddy. And he also kept the garments. Since the garden, folks, I'm going to tell you something. God wants us to cover up this flesh. But just covering up won't get the job done. It's got to die out. And that's where it comes to the heart. The heart, the heart, folks. Thank God for good hearts. Thank God for good people. That loves this truth. That loves this gospel. But let's love it with all our heart. Let's go into 2024 with a passion of this gospel. Take a heart what even Paul said. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of this gospel. We're not ashamed of this, this tongue-talking experience that God has allowed us to experience. The trans- and we don't do it with arrogance. We don't do it like we're better. We're not better. I'm not better, and you're not. Nobody's better than anybody else. None of us. From one perspective to the other, none of us. We're just by his grace. It's by his mercy. It's by his compassion. It's by his own suffering as he works for us. And here's what it's all about. Did you know the courtroom really is right now? God don't need me to witness for him after the rapture. God needs me to be a witness of him now. So here's the courtroom. And, and it's not my responsibility. Did you read the latter part of that lesson? He talks about the witness in a courtroom. It's not their responsibility to persuade the jury, the judges, or the lawyers. Their responsibility is to witness truth as they had heard and seen it. That's their responsibility. And it's the jury and everybody else's responsibility to be able to understand what they just told was the truth. We're called to be a witness. As we stand in this house this morning, we've been called. That's the purpose of holiness. Are you hearing me this morning? That's what this is all about, is to be a witness of God and the God in us and the God that we serve. That's what this calling out and separation is all about. It's not just to be different. It's not just, you know, but you know what? If, if, now God knew the ending from the beginning. He knew where this world was going to go. He knew the ideas and the uh, ideologies of that was going to come in the world that we live in today. We're living in a, in a world today that they really don't want to separate men from women. They really want to just open up the bathrooms and everything, just let everybody just... They don't want you to tell your little darlings that they're a boy or girl. Let them decide when they get four or five years old. That's crazy. That's crazy. So God, but God, remember, God knew all this. God knew this 2,000 years ago when he bought and purchased this church and sent it on his journey. Of the fiery trials and the fiery darts that you and I are going to face. But 
let's put, let's, let's put on the whole armor of God. Let's put on that helmet of salvation. Let's put on that righteousness. Not ours. God's righteousness. God's righteousness. It's a breastplate. Pick up that shield of faith. Take the sword. You know, the sword can use as a defense and an offense weapon. It can serve as both. As a sword. Have you ever seen a sword fight? You don't hardly see anybody kill them with their shield. You don't hardly see them, you know, butt them with their head. It's that sword. The word of God. The word of God that's, that we're living in a time and a generation that has lost its, its awe of it. Its respect of it. Of the seriousness of this book. We believe in it. We believe in the power of it. We believe in the results of it. Because it's by this written word that that gave it. That I might not sin against you. Having this word written on the tables of my heart. Knowing knowing what's in this book. Knowing what God's expecting. Instructing us about. See, we're living in a world today that's. I'm going to say this again. That's. Has been almost overwhelmed. By pleasure. Fifty years ago, we, we prided ourselves off of working at least six days a week. But now, you know, they would have what they call their nights. And it used to be a Saturday night. But now, Friday night got pulled into it. Now, it's every night of the week. We watched the world try to take even this day. The Sunday there's our culture, amen, in America. And first day of the week, if you read the New Testament very much, they gather together to worship him. And one of the most powerful attractions that the world can offer. Can anybody name it? It's played on Sundays. And they gather by the thousands to bow and worship. And they don't think it's strange if they paint up like them. Sell ourselves out to them. In fact, they look at us a little odd when they begin to talk about these topics. And we don't even have a clue what they're talking about. Where y'all been? We've been to church. <laughs> That's where we've been. <laughs> We're in a task of God. You know why? Because one day we're going to need this God. And it'll pay off. It'll pay off. Let's live for God, church. Let's, let's give ourselves. Let's look at holiness in a different form. Through different lenses from this day. Let's look at it from the lens of being a witness. A witness of God.
true love for it, a respect for it. Because that fiery furnace is going to come. And you know what happened at the end of that chapter? That same king told everybody to bow down to their God. Not to even speak against their God. Hey, the writer in the lesson brings it out. He said, but don't, that didn't end the war, did it? That's what he talks about witnessing. We may not win the world, but there's somebody that we might persuade by just being a true witness of this God. Let's do it. Let's pray that God would help us. Let's pray that God, His voice, His turf, His touch, and His presence that'll operate through us. It doesn't matter if it's on the job or out in public or who knows except God. God knows. And you know what? If you read all of that, there's something about godliness and holiness. You don't, they may not ever speak to you. And you may not ever speak to them, but it has such a witnessing power that they know. They know. There's something different. There's something different. It's under attack, ladies and gentlemen. You better guard it. Better guard it with everything you got. Because if we're not careful, even from among us, Those that slipped in unnoticed is going to cause us more trouble than those out there. It's going to pay us. It's going to pay us to be ready. Love you today. Appreciate you. I hope and pray something has been said here today that would persuade us. If there's any doubt whatsoever about God, God being holy and wanting us to be holy. Not just the outside. But the heart, purpose in the heart. Could it be that God's calling on us this morning? Purpose some things in our heart. Before we ever step into 2024 tonight, purpose some things in our heart this morning. God, I know there's been some struggles. I know there's been some battles. I know there's been some pulling of the enemy. But I'm going to make up my mind this morning. Why don't we just take a moment and gather around this altar and and let's just take a moment and say, God, I want to I purpose some things in my heart. I want to purpose some things in my spirit. I want to live for you in 2024. Amen. And it's not that we've done bad 23. I just want to set a mark and set a goal in 2024. That God, I want to do more. I want to I be who God, work on me. God knows each one of us. God knows what 2024 has got for each one of us. It could be that God moves upon us here this morning about something, quicken us about something here this morning that can prepare us for 2024. It may not happen to June. But Sister Teresa, God knows. And God here this morning could say, you know what? Because we stepped out by faith. God's fixing to honor. God's fixing to move. God's fixing to help us. Because he's an all-seeing God, an all-knowing God. He knows every trial, every battle. He knows every trick of the enemy. And you know what? God's, God's the one that decides either let him or not. God can just call it off and say, hey, I changed my mind, devil. You got to go down the road. I'm going to protect them. I'm going to keep them. He protected, the, he protected the Hebrews. He can protect us. Let's pray. God, we love you today and appreciate you. 
you move upon our behalves and upon our hearts and our souls and minds this morning. We come, God, for just a few minutes here. Call on your name, giving you thanks and praise, God, for your hand of protection and guidance in 2023. That we're still a part of this assembly, a part of this great truth. That we want to live for you and serve you all the days of our lives. We ask, we ask you, God, to help us as we step into 2024. That the mighty hand of God, the mighty touching of the Lord, you help us be more powerful witnesses than we ever been, God. To walk in the beauty of your counsel. To walk in the beauty of your life. To walk in the beauty of your holiness. Hallelujah. The holiness God that you want us to walk in that fulfills your purpose, your calling, your election upon our lives. It wouldn't be something that we try to fashion and form ourselves, but as we allow the Holy Ghost and the voice of God and the love of God penetrate and flow through us at our true wholeness and true righteousness that it can impact our community, impact our loved ones, impact our, our friends, our neighbors, and even our enemy, God. We'll be moved upon by the power of your presence and the power of your anointing upon every soul, upon every individual in this house this morning. Every man, woman, boy, and girl that's come, God, to be a part of this assembly this morning. We ask you to bless. We ask you to anoint. We ask you to work among us and through us. I promise you, Lord, we're going to give you all the glory. We're going to give you all the praise and honor for it here today through and by that wonderful name, Jesus Christ. We give you the thanks for it today with hands put together with thanksgiving in our heart. We love you, Lord, and appreciate you this morning. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Lord bless you today. Appreciate you in the house of God. Back tonight, 5.30, we'll do prayer time. I know they're going to do the programs. Looking forward to that. Then following that in the fellowship, we'll come back, amen, for uh, communion and foot washing. Okay? God bless you.